Black Hill Energy, heating homes across County Armagh. Fill up your tank for a rainy day with County Armagh's fastest growing fuel company. For latest prices, visit our website at www.blackhillenergy.net or call us today on 02838 344 Black Hill Energy, Ansborough Industrial Park, Lurgan. Welcome once again to the Eye on the Ball. This is your host Elaine Ingram. For this week's episode, um, I spoke to City of Armagh rugby head coach Chris Parker ahead of the club's first fixture in the new competition, the Energia Community Series, um, where they had a great win against Rainy Old Boys on Saturday. Um, Chris is also a teacher at the Royal School and he managed the school's team to the Dansk Bank final. Uh, against um, Wallace High School, which incidentally is his old school, which would have been a bit tricky for him. But uh, unfortunately, the final didn't take place. But um, a trophy was awarded to both teams um, at Kingspan Stadium a few weeks ago. And Chris speaks to me about that. We had a great chat about the club and uh, his new role as assistant coach to head coach, um, switching roles with Willie Falloon. It was also the last weekend of championship club action in the GAA, with Forkill beating Beliks in the Junior Cup replay on Friday night, which was another thriller. Um, and on Sunday, it was the hurling finals, with Creve Rua beating Kalevi in the Junior Championship final, and Middletown um, winning their seventh championship final in ten, ten, in the last 10 years, um, when they beat Cucullins. Um we got some reaction from some of the players, but up first is the City of Rama rugby head coach, Chris Parker. So Chris, um, it's nice to meet you. Um, back to matches, you're having your first match this weekend. Um, how's, it, how's it been? How's the training and everything been going? Yeah, we're back with our first competitive match this weekend. So the last two weekends we've had pre-season friendlies um, and it's uh, things are building nicely, they're going well. Um, we started back to training in our bubbles um, just in the middle of July um, with the restrictions and stuff in place. There was a lot of organisation and it took uh, a lot to get training up and running and we were very lucky that there's a lot of volunteers at the club weighed in behind us and made it possible. So um, we've just been building towards that. It's been a slightly longer pre-season than what we would usually have with sort of, we've now eight weeks on the pitch where we'd usually only have six before our first matches so um, the boys have bought into it really well they've worked very hard um, and then we've had two head outs the last two weekends um, and we're very much looking forward to getting competitive matches going this weekend Yeah it must be difficult I mean of all the contact sports there is rugby has to be the most contact contact sport you know you've got your scrums and everything like yeah. that so how hard has it been to try and maintain I know you obviously can't you know, obviously social distance or anything like that. But um, and, and I know you're in your bubbles. But when it gets back to matches, what way is this going to work? Well, it's it's been okay in that we would do for preseason a lot of skills training where there'd be a lot of catch pass and that sort of thing where the boys w- would be fair enough apart anyway. And um, the matches are there's been a wee bit of adjustment having to make sure that everyone has an individual water bottle and that there's no swapping of bibs and shirts and things that maybe would have gone on in the past so it's just had to be a wee bit more 
vigilant, I guess, and uh, be aware of those things. And I think once we educated the boys pretty early at the start of preseason about this is how things have to happen, um, they've been brilliant ever since. Um, from a coaching perspective and a planning perspective, the IRFU were excellent in educating us as to the steps to follow and how we should go about uh, planning our sessions and building up to the contact phase. Um, we wouldn't do a whole pile of contact anyway during training. Um, we try and keep the boys fresh and keep bumps and bangs out of it for Saturday, but um, we just followed our few guidelines around it and um, thankfully it, it's gone well and there's been no issues with it so far. Strangely, we all seem to be getting used to all the, you know, the adjustments we've had to make. But in, for you now, last season, you had a great season last year and you did the treble in the championship Um but there was no promotion. Um, how, how did you feel about that? Yeah, the, the, the Senior Cup was a nice way, I guess, for the season to end if it had to end. But um, we were we were disappointed, I guess, because we had four matches to go and we felt we were in a position that maybe we could have really pushed on for top four. Um, but I guess that's sort of been a bit of a challenge to the boys is that, you know, if as a group you felt that you could have gone and got top four, well, then we have to just really go and prove it this year that, you know, come January, hopefully we're still playing rugby. Um, uh, and we can really have a go at that AIL, but the Energy of Community Series now, uh, starting on Saturday, gives us local derbies against home and away against Ulster clubs, and I think everyone's very excited about the prospect of it. It's something a bit different, um, and the, the local derbies bring out the best in, in everyone. So Yeah, you, you've, you're rainy this weekend, yeah? We, we've rainy old boys this weekend, and um, we played them once last year in the Senior Cup semi-final. Um, and it, it was quite a close match and they had a very good season last year they won the, the senior league for the first time in their history and they were pushing for promotion from the league below us so um, it'll be difficult you know you've got some really good players there you had um, um, you you had four nominations for the club player of the year and your um, one of your players was it Shea O'Brien who won the player of the year yeah. and you had two from the um, underage as well yeah like yeah look we're very lucky here that we have such a good youth set up and you know we had um, five guys out of the senior cup winning team and played the whole way through minis and youth together and, and that core element about the club is very very important and it's something that a lot of people around the club take a lot of pride in and rightly so um, we were very um, pleased for Nigel uh, Simpson and Shea to get nominated for club player of the year I think it was it was deserved nominations for the seasons they put in um, and then the uh, Sam and John Glasgow um, for the youth player of the year award um, were, were both deserving nominees as well they're, they're boys who we have a very bright future for in the club um, and think that they will certainly add to us once they move up into senior rugby in terms of yourself now, you um, you just came on board as as head coach in July, so how has that how has it been for you? I mean, I know you were you've been you've been in the setup for a while, you know, for quite a few years now. You've been in the setup. You were um, the backs and yeah. the forwards coaching and yeah. stuff like that. Um, so how has it been? Uh, it's um, it's been a bit of a change, and not a whole pile's changed as well. At the same time. Um, when Willie suggested we maybe swap roles, I was open to the idea and thought, yeah, okay, we'll give it a go. Um, and was quite excited about it. And um, it was a bit of a challenge. And then I realized, jeepers, I'm on my phone far more than ever should have been. And it's not that I'm on social media or anything. I suddenly realized the amount of other stuff that a head coach has to deal with. And when you're maybe that assistant coach, you just sort of, 
have your section of training you have to worry about and you rock up to training and you you know what you have to do and you deliver it and I didn't realize how much other stuff he had to deal with when he was head coach um, from an off-field perspective so I guess that was a bit of an eye-opener to me pretty quickly but um, not a whole has changed the two of us never really because we coached together in the Royal School as well we never really saw ourselves as head coach and assistant coach um we bounce ideas off each other all the time and there never was one overruling the other really it was always discussions and um it's still the same that way we're still talking about things and and working together on it and um the, the boys make life easy anyway they're such a coachable group that you know feet are under the table now and just looking forward to getting some matches and seeing where we can go yeah, you were talking about the Royal School up there. Now you 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 coach up there as well. So yeah, I mean you're you're a teacher. You're busy anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so you, I mean I'm sure you have an awful lot of your, on your plate. But um, it's it's a big rugby school too, and the boys the boys were doing really well in the cup, and in the dance cup, and then um, the final didn't happen. Yeah. So yeah, how was that? That must have been hard for them. Yeah, they had to share the they had to share the first prize. Yeah, they had to share the trophy, and I think they the the, the cup was brought to school the other week before they all headed off to university. So they they got and a it small. was against one of your old school, I believe. It was my old school, yes. So um, and then the coach of Wallace, um, I coached with at Balna Hinch, and he coached Willie when Willie was a player at Balna Hinch. So there was a lot of I know, ties I, I know, there I noticed that. that. There was an yeah. awful lot of yeah. <laughs> you know, so um, yeah, maybe it was the best thing for me to share it, I suppose. But um, yeah, that would have been tricky for you. Yeah, you know, there would there. have been sort of mixed emotions about, I guess, as an old boy and with Wallace having never won it. But um, no, I, I was gutted for the boys. You know that they had prepped really well, and we were so close to actually playing the match and then for it to be taken away was really disappointing for them um but they i think the enormity of what we all faced became clear pretty quickly and i think whilst the disappointment was there the reality was also there that you know there's something more important here than the game of rugby um, yeah i mean obviously health and everything like that is the most important thing but in the in the gaa um the the football um schools i think they're they are playing it um, it was just a different, a different body, a different decision. Is that just? I, th- I think that's how it was. There, there had been the odd discussion about playing it, but the longer I think lockdown and stuff went on, we realised this wasn't going to happen. And once you got into the summer and boys were starting to pack for university and stuff, it exactly. Just, if they're gone away, they're not yeah, going to be here to play yeah, it anyway. Yeah. So yeah, so it just wasn't. It wasn't feasible. And you know, they've all still got their medal to look back on. Um, you know, the the squad that did it they were medallion shield winners for the first time in the school's history as well and they leave a big legacy behind them now in the school that you know hopefully a lot of others will aspire to try and reach um but you know it was disappointing but it's still a great achievement for the boys um you know that they beat some top top sides to get to that final and um i think they would have they would have loved to have tried to take on wallace yeah, um, th- in terms of what you bring to the school then from your own ropey um, perspective, did Tommy Bow go to that school as well? Yeah, yeah. so it's a, it is a real big rugby school. I mean, have you, do, since how long have you been working there and have yeah. you brought into the, this the system? It's my 10th year now in the school as a teacher. Um, and I, I've just stepped back this year from the seniors in school because I'm obviously taking head coach at the club. Um, and I'm working with under 14s, which is a big change for me from being five years with the senior team. Um, but I think you just see the enthusiasm the boys have. You know, we have 
only 50 boys a year group um but they are keen as mustard to play rugby and they there is that aspiration and they still see the first 15 as the goal that they want to get to and our captain last year got a haircut and you heard some of the younger kids around school saying oh I want a haircut like Sam and you're sort of going oh, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're thinking not sure if that would suit you but uh, <laughs> maybe that's just me getting old um, that they're the, heroes yeah yeah they, and they do look up to it and, and that upper sixth group have just left achieved so much that um, they really have set the bar high for everyone else to chase after but I think at the same time they've They've given a bit of belief that we are a small school. We know what we are. Um, we're proud of what we are, um, and we just think that um, if we work hard, you know, we'll see where it takes us. Um, the, the, the kids are humble. They're just great, great kids. They take on everything you ask them, um, and just their excitement and energy towards rugby is brilliant. And the, the support we get from staff and uh, the board of governors and the and everything is just fantastic. You know, we've. 720, 750 kids in the school and there's 650 went down on buses to the semi-final um, and that's great for the kids but then the staff also have to sit in the buses and give up their time and um, you know we're just hugely lucky in the school that there's so much support for it um, and we've just been lucky over the last few years we've been very successful as well. Yeah, there's a great tradition of rugby here in Armagh as well. I mean, this was one of the oldest clubs in Ireland, and yeah. I believe you're getting a new uh, new clubhouse built. Is that correct? Yeah, well, uh, extensions are going on to the clubhouse in, in different phases. So phase one's going up at the minute, which would be new, um, larger changing rooms at the back. Um, and that's um, sort of in process, and hopefully sort of November time we'll maybe have it kitted out and completed. So, um, again... It's similar to the school. There's so many volunteers and so much support in the club of people who want to see the club do well and see the boys do well and they travel the length and breadth of the country to support them. Um, and off the pitch, they do so much to make um, life easy for the boys around the club at all levels. And, you know, this is hopefully um, a good step forward, getting new facilities put in um, and will benefit everybody in the community and not just the senior rugby squad. Yeah, as a community then, I mean, do you think like rugby, I suppose you could say that rugby's always been, you know, um, uh, not one of the most popular sports in the country, but it's really come on. Um, rugby's become so much more popular um, in recent years, definitely, with, you know, with the Irish squad and with everything. And uh, th last year, the, the GAA, there was a good game of two halves in, in Lurgan mm -hmm. between, um, there was um, Stephen Campbell, the, the skipper of the Armagh team, and um, yeah, the Armagh yeah. team and the Ulster team, yeah. And um, it was, oh, it was Jacob Scottsdale, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, that type of thing, is that really good for getting the communities together? And I know like a lot of GAA pitches and um, uh, rugby pitches, they share they share grounds and yeah. stuff like that. So is it getting more people involved? Is that a... We, we are very lucky that we have, there's a lot of our players who play both sports um, and, and the crossover skills from a coach's perspective are brilliant for it because it brings so much um, with the way GAA is 360 and you have to have vision to see all over the all over the pitch it benefits us um, massively and uh, with rugby starting back later this year some guys who maybe haven't played um, Gaelic games in a couple of years started playing back for their clubs just to get into sport um, and it's we have benefited from it massively because the guys have arrived back training and they're in super shape and um They've really hit the ground running. Um, so uh, as a club, we're, we've, we've got excellent links across the community. I think a lot of work um, 
and that has gone down to our community development officer over the last number of years, Harry Doyle's built great links across with the primary schools and the secondary schools in Armagh. Um, and that feeds through then into the minis and into the youth and then that just feeds through into the senior um, teams. So, um, no, it's excellent and it benefits us across the board. And in terms of Ulster now, um, themselves, like uh, they they uh, had a bad day against um, Leinster and then a, a bad, uh, and didn't have a great result there against Toulouse. No. Um, what do you think needs to be done? <laughs> uh, I don't think that's for me to decide. Um, there's plenty of good coaches in there will be able to work that out for themselves without my advice. But I think they have a very young, promising team coming forward there's a lot of good talent coming there that um i'm sure will be harnessed the right way and and we'll you know maybe this is just the stepping stone you need you have to fail a few times before you can finally get over the line and um you know we're we're lucky in a way that we sort of see those young ulster players week in week out playing for other clubs against us and you get to see how good they are and um i I think there's a lot of talent there to come through and um i've no doubt that it'll be they'll be well looked after and there's a lot of potential to come for Ulster in the future. Yeah, do you think it's a case of they're sort of building at the moment or is it just, you know, they're a young side? Or is yeah, like I just think they're a very young side and I think there's some even younger, potentially in the future, more talented players to come through and I think it'll just take a bit of time. Um, but, you know, each year over the last two years they've made great progress. You know, a couple of years ago they were struggling to even get into the European Cup and now, you know, there's a lot of disappointment that they didn't win the Pro 14 League final and then that they uh, came up short in a Heineken Cup quarterfinal. So, you know, they've made great strides in two years and I'm sure that this season will be no different as they begin it next week. Yeah, they're playing Ar- are they playing Leinster again next week. Yeah, Is it a- the A? The A's are playing yeah. tomorrow night, yeah. yeah. And then the seniors, I think, start their Pro 14 campaign next week. So, yeah, yeah all go. And you don't start your league until after Christmas is a shortened league. How, how do you feel about that? Uh, I think when you've seen the way things have worked over the past number of weeks, um, it would have been madness to suddenly start the All-Ireland League at this stage of the season and have clubs from all over the country travelling all over the country. Um, As I said earlier, I think the Energy A Community Series of playing within your province will add a wee bit of spice, especially with it being home and away. Um, And the the shortened All-Ireland League is... um, it's not ideal, it's not what we would have hoped for, but I think in the current situation, it's the right decision um, and we just have to make the most of it. You know, there's still a top four place to play for and potentially you can still say that you win the league. So whilst there's no promotion or no relegation, there, there's still a trophy to play for and that's not going to um, take away from the boys' ambitions to try and go and finish in that top four and have a crack at the winning the overall playoffs then. Yeah, I suppose there isn't. Yeah, it is. It is the way it is, and there's nothing anybody can do about it. Are you fearful now? The way things are starting to, the or numbers are starting to go up again, and you know it is just as well that you didn't start your season because there's a lot of other um, sports that are finding themselves in positions now where there's teams you know that can't play matches and things like that because numbers are going going up, yeah. and even apart from that, the travel restrictions. I mean, if you were playing any, anywhere from anywhere from Dublin, you wouldn't be able to play at all. Yeah. So. It's and probably more counties coming down the tr- down the track. Do you, you know, they're saying that there might be a second wave of the winter. I mean, I suppose we can just all be hopeful that that doesn't happen. But I mean, are there any contingency plans in place or anything? 
like we we've spoken to the boys about enjoying it this year and that the focus for this year has to be enjoyment and every time we get on a rugby pitch is a bonus um and we enjoy it and because we don't know something could happen the next week at another club that's outside of our control and we may not be on a rugby pitch um so i think that six month break there without really getting a competitive fixture it's probably lit a bit of a spark and a bit of hunger with some of the boys again and we're just trying to say, look, let's take it week to week and when we're out there, do our best to get better and just make sure we enjoy it and keep smiles on our faces, whatever's happening, because I think for everyone it was a long six months um, without rugby. Um, just even, I know for myself, like it was, it was difficult at times and just getting back in July and getting to see the lads and just the crack and you know the camaraderie and just being part of a team was was just brilliant again and um i think the boys are all just grateful for what they have at the minute and being able to play and um we'll just take it week to week and see and if um matches are called off they're called off there's nothing we can do um but we're just enjoying being back out on the pitch at the minute and all the youngsters are back as well. You have a big, you have a big youth set up here, and they're all back. They're all starting back as well. Yeah, their first games are on Saturday as well. They're at home to Dungannon on Saturday as well. So there's a lot of rugby on. There's minis in the morning, then there's three youth games, and then there's the firsts are at home and the seconds are at home. So it's it's great to have all levels of rugby back, you know. And um, some of the youth boys did a bit of preseason training with the seniors and stuff, and they're they're keen and eager to get back, you know, and, and they're a competitive bunch and um, it's just great for everybody to be back out on rugby pitches and smiles on their faces and hopefully we can keep getting spectators through the gate. But well, yeah, that's another thing. Happen. Yeah, spectators through the gate. Yeah, that's another thing. But for mental health wise, I mean, it's just fabulous to see kids being able to get back out and play again and just some semblance of normality. But yeah, it would be just a lovely thing to have spectators back at all levels of sport do you think there's any hope of that in the in the near future? Um, well, we're hoping to have spectators on Saturday now, unless anything comes out of Stormont to differ from it. Um, Is there are there number restrictions? Uh, I'm not quite sure. There will be a number. There will be restrictions um, on the numbers, but I'm not quite sure what that number is. Um, but. Um, it, it'd be just good to get some spectators um, back in because whilst the boys. You know, the crowd at this level isn't massive. It's it's still nice for people to be able to get families and partners in to watch them play and things. So um, hopefully all things going correctly, we'll have some spectators on Saturday. Um, but I'm not sure how long we may have spectators for. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and But like home advantage now, even like not even yourselves now, say for Rolster, do you think that makes it because there are no spectators do you think that makes a difference in games do you think that make any difference in results um i don't mm, i think the travel to be honest and um potentially having to travel and no changing rooms may be more of an issue as an away side than a home side not having supporters or anything like that um it won't change the competitiveness of the game it might dull the atmosphere a wee bit but um I can't see it making a massive difference. Yeah, I mean, I've just been watching, I don't know if you watch tennis, but I've been just been watching the US Open tennis and there was a real worry, concern about that because in New York, um, the crowds there are just really loud and yeah. it's massive crowds and everything and they thought that it would make a difference for the players and even more so because it's an individual sport. But actually, the tournament was probably one of the best uh, that I've seen and there was, the competitive edge was completely 
There was yeah. n- nothing taken off it. Well, the boys train with no one on the sideline, so it won't be that different. And I think with just everything in life at the minute, you, you'll get used to it very quickly. You know, yeah. um, after a week or two weeks, you'll just you won't notice it. You'll just be out, and you have to do what you do. Um, so, hopefully, we can keep getting spectators in, but. Um, hopefully we just keep getting rugby to be honest <laughs> yeah and hopefully that season gets to be played out and hopefully yeah. you do as well as you were looking to be doing this season <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah i i envisage it may be a wee bit stop start but um hopefully we can get through it and we'll see where we end up we um the, the group are have expectations of themselves of where they want to be um and hopefully as coaches we can help them as best as possible to try to get there Okay, thanks very much, Chris. No problem. Thanks for your time. As I mentioned earlier, the last of the club championships action took place at the Athletic Grounds over the weekend. On Friday, it was another thrilling game between Forkill and Beliks um, in the Junior Cup final replay. Forkill uh, claimed the title for the first time in 39 years after an epic battle with Beliks. Once again, the sides were inseparable. Uh, with Balik starting off well, they were five points ahead at the first water break, but two goals um, got four kill back in the game, and they led 2-3 to not 7 at the break. Um, it was just as tight in the second half, and they ended up all square, 1-8 to 2-5 at the final whistle. So into extra time it had to go, and four kill uh, pulled away in the second period of extra time. And they won out 3-10 to 1-10 in the end. And I spoke to man of the match, Cormac Toner, after the game. He scored 2-1 of four kills tally. Well, that was absolutely brilliant. Congratulations. How does that feel? Unbelievable. Hard fought game from two games in a row and brought us the extra time. Bleak's not going to be in junior for too much longer. I'd say in the next few years they'll build and get up to intermediate. It's a tough jump. We've, we've been stuck here before and... We're just glad to get out of it and get up to intermediate and hopefully push on in intermediate. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you couldn't have got any closer than that. Than those two two games. I mean, they were some of the best games of football I've seen in a long time. They were just talking about hard-fought battles. Well, we've been training hard all year. Then COVID happened and we regrouped and there's 36 boys there training these days. And it makes it easy there when there's more numbers and more training. It's easier for us. What about yourself now? You were man of the match today. You were, had a brilliant performance. No, everyone played well. It wasn't just me. I couldn't. I got the ball. The boys give it to me. I couldn't get the ball without them. It was, everyone played well. It wasn't just me. Well, you got a goal though. Yeah, but two. <laughs> Tell us about that. <laughs> I just got one on one with the keeper, and he showed me one way, and I went the other way. I was just luck at a draw. <laughs> got lucky with another one. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Well, one of them was lucky. I don't know about the other one. Yeah. <laughs> So hopefully we'll go celebrate now. Yeah, so 39 years, yeah? 39 years. My father was on the last junior team that won. And I said to him there two weeks ago, hopefully I'm showing you a junior medal and now I'll be able to show him his junior medal. Well, well done. Thank you. Thanks. On Sunday, it was a doubleheader of hurling. The first game was the junior championship final featuring Creve Rua and Kalevi. Um, Creve Rua led from the start um, of the match with goals being the difference in the first half. Uh, they led 2-5 to 0-5 at the break. And they pushed on in the second half, winning 3-13 to 1-8 in the end. Um, I spoke to the man of the match, Tiernan O'Hare, who scored 2-8 on the day after the game. Congratulations. <laughs> How does that feel? Brilliant. Thank, uh, absolutely fantastic. So it does. I mean, you were, you were man of the match out there today. 
um, and you certainly deserved it. Not only for all those frees you took, but just your play in general. You came out of the box flying. Yeah, not it was just you. I mean, the whole team. Yeah, it started really well, and I thought someone there was probably five man of the match in the picture. Everybody played their part. Yeah. Uh, so I get the easy job to start over the frees. Did you have? Did you? Were you a bit surprised? I mean, I know you you started off very well, but kind of expecting more from them. Yeah. They seemed a bit shell shocked the way you came at them, and when you got that first goal and everything, you know, they were. Like you were ahead the whole whole way through, really. Yeah, no, we weren't really surprised at all, to be honest, because we'd put in so much work throughout the whole year, training three times a week, some days four. Um, we just put in massive work this year, and it's all down to one man, Paul Cunningham. Yeah, he's the manager. And when's the last time you guys have won this? 2013 was the last time we won the junior, but most of us boys won an under 17 or our minor or not 16s championship so it did in 2017 that gave a club a real boost and all the boys are coming through now so they are and they're they're playing really well you've got quite a few dual players out there as well yeah just I see connor uh, mckeva was out there he was playing yeah, the league the other night as his well. brother brian too brian plays fullback and connor plays wing half forward and, and you've some, yeah unfortunately they were beat the other night but uh, hopefully it's mixed up for it yeah i know it must be tough on them but at the same time this is a great so um you'll celebrate tonight and Looking forward to um, the season or next year. Yeah, we're looking forward to. Well, we celebrate the night and we'll take yeah. it from there. But I think we've big plans for this club and we're we're going far. Yeah. How do you feel about going? to be going up next year? Yeah, maybe go up the senior next year. Or it just depends if the whole thing works out because of COVID, you know. But with the plan we have, we're well fit for it. Yeah. All right. Well, listen. Thanks a million. Thanks. Congratulations. Lovely. Thank you. After that, it was the turn at the seniors, where Middletown had um, a comfortable not 20 to 1 6 victory over Cook Collins. Um, I spoke to dual player um, and veteran Armagh County hurler Cal Carville at the finish. Well, Cal, congratulations. It's been a, another, another fantastic win for Middletown. Oh, yeah, we're all absolutely delighted. I think that was uh, my uh, ninth uh, county championship. And the year that's been in it, we're very, very proud to even have the championship and to win it in the style we did today. It just shows the calibre of the club and the effort that they've put in and also the calibre of the players. We're absolutely delighted and this one's very special. Yeah, and uh, th- there was talk there about not having too many, the, the crowds not being there. I know you put in a request for the communion and because of the, it was Ryan's wedding as well. Yes, yeah, it was a difficult weekend for us. Obviously, Ryan's a major part of this team, a major part of this club. He's played for the county for 15 years and we were there on Friday to see um, him uh, get married uh, to Catherine. And it was a great day for us, but you know the boys would have liked to have been able to celebrate it a wee bit more. But you know we had a job to do today, and uh, we went out and we did that job. The a lot of the boys have children and family who had communion today as well. So maybe the community in Middlehown they had to pick between the game and uh, here. But we went out and did a very professional job out there, and uh, no doubt we will celebrate it tonight. Yeah, and he, will he get away in his honeymoon at all, or is he, he can't go too far? I think he's going to Bundoran for his honeymoon, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> you can't even go to one door. Maybe I have to go to a saga or something. I but, uh, supposed to be going to Donegal too, but I can't go. Yeah, but uh, I know, like Ran and uh, the whole Gaffney family. You know, they're they're uh, deep roots in the Middleland Club, and um, they're all very proud of Ran on Friday, as we all were, and no doubt they're all very proud of uh, all the boys today lifting the cup. And what about you yourself? Now you played Armagh. Um, your days at Armagh? Uh, well, a lot of people, I suppose, I was looking back there um, during the week, I was moving house, and um, 
there's 2005 going back to when we won um, the minor football in, in Crow Park against Down. So I've been on the go quite a long time, and you know, 15 years with the senior team. But you know, I'm enjoying it as much as uh, I have when I was 18 years of age. And as long as I can, feel I can give something to this group and give something to the team, I'll be here. And um, you know, I'm a very proud uh, Middlehound man, and always have been. Yeah. Okay, well, right. listen, enjoy your celebrations tonight. No problem. Uh, thanks very much. Thanks a lot, and thanks for all the work you've done. Thank you. So that's it for the Armagh Club Championships for this season, um, but we won't be away for too long because in a couple of weeks' time, on the 17th of, on Saturday the 17th of October, uh, the county are back in action where they pick up their league, playing Roscommon at home at the Athletic Grounds in their penultimate Um, league fixture. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Eye on the Ball. If so, subscribe to our podcast and to Arma Eye. If you've any suggestions about what you'd like to hear or any comments at all, feel free to send us a message or leave a comment. And I hope you'll join me next time for The Eye on the Ball. Black Hill Energy, heating homes across County Armagh. Fill up your tank for a rainy day with County Armagh's fastest growing fuel company. For latest prices, visit our website at www.blackhillenergy.net or call us today on 02838 344 223. Black Hill Energy, Ansborough Industrial Park, Lurgan.